Hey, welcome back to Game Talk. I'm your host, Amon Mion. Today, I'm joined by Connor. Hey, guys. And Mike. Hello. And as we are recording this episode, we are watching Mike play Hard Space Shipbreaker. So if you're interested in that, definitely check out the YouTube version of this episode. Uh, but that being said, the main thing I wanted to talk about today, nothing really news-related. We've I feel like we've gotten a lot of news bombshells over the past few weeks. Rather, this is a more reflective episode. I kind of want to just bring up the topic of our biggest gaming disappointments. Well, I do, I do want to point out one thing that is happening tomorrow, which is a new Smash Bros. character is getting revealed. Yeah, and yeah, why don't we just talk about that for a little bit? Because I feel like that it's it's been a while, and obviously that's understandable due to COVID. But like, it's wild to me that there's still five characters coming out, including this one. Yeah, I mean, are yeah. there that many Fire Emblem characters left? <laughs> It's gonna no, be Waluigi. I mean, it's not gonna be Waluigi. You know what I fear? I fear that it's a Pokemon, and I think that makes a lot of sense, especially with the DLC getting revealed soon for Sword and Shield. Be, it, that would be almost as disappointing as another <laughs> Fire Emblem character. I, I mean, but let's be real though. One of the five has to be a Pokemon, right? All the Pokemon are super fun to play, so I really can't say anything. Like, there's not a single Pokemon in the game. Oh that yeah, I don't yeah. Really the Pokemon are playing. a blast to play. Just conceptually, it's like not as exciting. I think. Yeah, the Pokemon all have, like, exciting and varied movesets, which just isn't true for the Fire Emblem characters, so, like... Yeah, I mean, like, okay, memes and jokes aside, there's no way we're getting any more Fire Emblem characters. There, like, I don't think no they way. could possibly fit another I Fire Emblem character. I could absolutely see the final one being another Fire Emblem character if there's another Fire Emblem game coming out. I don't think there will be, though. Like, I mean, all these characters are getting released this year, right? Or no, no uh, this year and next year, right? I don't think there's a new Fire Emblem game in that time frame. I thought there was like a remake announced or something. No. I'm not sure, but I don't believe so. But anyways, yeah, exciting stuff. We'll we'll get. Uh, our, we got the first member of this Fighters Pass was Min Min from Arms, which I don't really know anything about Arms, but it seemed like a really cool pick. Like she seemed yeah, it seemed really like fun a fun pick, but I actually have not played the game since she was added. I don't think. Yeah, I actually yeah I haven't picked up the Fighters Pass yet. But yeah, I'm sure I, I, don't I don't know that I'm going to until point. it's over, because I'm so afraid of getting another Fire Emblem character on the roster. <laughs> right, but I, I think I definitely will pick it up at some point, right? I think it's just fun, regardless of like who's added to the roster. It's just cool having so many characters in yeah, that game, and I, stages, and music, you know? I think I bought the Fighter Pass like first thing, because I am irresponsible with my money, I guess. <laughs> no, I don't think that's I, irresponsible. I, I bought it, it up right after... Like, joker was revealed i like, i that, bought the first that's what one blew me away oh yeah the first one i bought instantly as soon like, as i bought smash and then the second one as soon as min min was revealed i'm like that could be fun and then i haven't played smash since yeah and i'm sure like i mean obviously like the the shocking thing about the fighter pass one was that there were let me correct me if i'm wrong but byleth was the only nintendo character right yeah like yes. all the rest were wild third party picks that like you know a few years ago we would have said were, were crazy ideas right we got banjo we got joker from persona we got terry bogard we got yeah i would say that the least crazy one was a uh, hero from dragon quest from dragon quest yeah i think i'm missing someone am i missing someone uh piranha plant maybe but that doesn't really count piranha plant wasn't part of the past though no what was that mike uh, what just happened? That was unusual. That's not supposed to happen. Oh, oh yeah, on the on the video, yeah. 
But yeah, no, I I think, you know, like maybe we're sort of due for some first party picks now, right? Min Min's from ARMS, which is a Nintendo first party game. I It wouldn't surprise me if we get another first party game. I do want to see a couple more crazy third party picks, though. But like, yeah, I still want to be afraid that all those got like used up or whatever in the first one. A lot of rumors are saying uh, a Capcom character and I'd be totally chill with like Dante. Oh, yeah, Dante would be pretty good. Yeah, Dante would be really cool. Yeah, Dante would be a really good pick. A lot like, of people I would are have still, zero. like, holding out hope for Genos. Yeah, those people are out of their mind. That's not going to happen. Yeah. Like, Nobody cares about Genos. Really like, the cares. only people who care about Geno are, like... You're right, know, Gino. The, Genos the, the is a character. Meaning. Like, nobody's played, like, the... Nobody's played Super Mario RPG. Like <laughs> I was just going to say, yeah, the character's name is Geno. Genos is a character from One Punch Man, so that's my bad. Yeah, uh, I know who you meant, though. <laughs> But yes, yeah. And if they I, added Genesis, that would be very cool. Yeah, that I instantly, yeah, that would make me buy the fighter fighter pass. But, uh, you know, you know but if obviously they're you've add got an your character. You all know who it needs to be. You've got your meme picks. Everyone's saying Goku. Everyone's saying Waluigi. Like those two aren't going to happen ever. I mean, uh, yeah, Walu- I would I be Waluigi. There's a slim Walu- chance. No, I'm pretty sure Sakurai said that it'll never be Waluigi. He like, said the same about Ridley, though. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Like, these things are always fun, and I feel like, you know, I, I, I almost got used to the cadence of every couple months we got building up to the hype of a new Smash release, and I feel like that's definitely slowed down a lot, so it's welcome seeing that this is happening tomorrow. Yeah, I really miss it, like, in these times. Yeah. Yeah, and we need it more than ever. <laughs> we do. Sakurai's wholesome... Uh, trolling of the of, of the fan base oh it's, yeah, it's if they, always fun to see if they announce dante tomorrow i'll probably pick up devil may cry 5 honestly yeah devil may cry i feel like dante uh, would fit really well in a smash game he has he would. like the but humor. is he like too extreme for no, smash he's bro? not edgy like, at all he is exactly as extreme as bayonetta he is dante they people might, think he's edgy like, but he's yeah. not yeah no he's actually a kind of a goofball yeah, he's very yeah. much a goofball all right, yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to it. Hopefully, it's not a terrible pick. Yeah. Uh, was Devil May Cry made by the same studio that made Bayonetta? No, they're two different studios, but I feel no, like they're uh, different uh, studios. Same person. Same person. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Same, same people, maybe. Yeah. I think Team. Yeah, because it's like Team Little Devils. I think made Devil May Cry, and it was Team Little Angels made. Um. You can definitely see Bayonetta. similarities in like their style. Yeah, but oh, Bayonetta's yeah. Platinum Games and. Uh, Devil May Cry is not. It's Capcom. Capcom, yeah. But yeah, just, uh, yeah, that was a quick diversion, but just back to the subject matter at hand here. Disappointing games, and I'm sure, like, with with gaming being, you know, us being as passionate about gaming as we are, as are so many people who play games, right, or are very passionate about them, you're bound to get disappointed. Uh, a lot. You know? <laughs> So, yeah, I thought, you know, we mentioned this a few episodes ago. It could be fun just going through some of our top gaming disappointments in our in our gaming careers. Um, yeah, so I think the first one, like we should point out, is probably one. Sorry. One that uh, I was looking up a video because I needed a, a date for a game I'm going to talk about in a minute. But um, I think one of the most disappointing games that most gamers have experienced is No Man's Sky original release. Original yeah, release, that's a good yeah. point. Yep. And that yeah, was pretty that, recent, you know? I no imagine Man's a lot Sky, of our audience. 
Yeah, we've, we've talked about No Man's Sky a lot on this podcast, but like just to recap, like the release of that game was infamous. It was being built up to be some revolutionary experience that really hasn't been made before. And when it came out, like a lot of the things Sean Murray said would be in the game weren't in the game, and it was really sort of a bare-bones experience. And, you know, like, yes, at launch it was highly, highly disappointing. But just to give credit where credit's due, Hello Games has definitely sort of made up for that, I think, with how much free stuff they're putting in the game. Free yeah, substantial I, stuff. Yeah, it just I had a big that, update, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Uh, Origins update. And I think I, I'm probably going to check it out again, because I... The game is still not the game that they said it was going to be, really, in my opinion. But it is a good game. More Well, no, I won't even say that. It's a game that you can kick back and enjoy with some buds. Um, I still don't think that the gameplay loop is meaningful at all. Like, if you don't enjoy just landing on a planet, walking around for a bit, seeing what's there. Or if you don't enjoy, like, just the... Oh, just the just the value of building a base, like even though that base is almost completely worthless to you, like if you don't just enjoy building or enjoy yeah. just walking around, like if you need any if you don't enjoy the intrinsic value of those things, there's no int- extrinsic rewards really in this game. It's for, just not there. For me for No Man's Sky, exploration is a huge 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 deal to me in gaming. Like I, it might be my favorite sort of gameplay feature of all time. I love yeah. exploring things and just being blown away by environments. That's a huge reason as to why I love the Souls games so much, you know, exploring those environments and uncovering right. things. And I think No Man's Sky does a decent job at exploration, and I think each update sort of ups how good the exploration is in that game. So for me, I think I think No Man's Sky is uh, is a good game. I know we I think we differ a little bit on that. I don't think it's a phenomenal game, but I think it's a good game. I think it's an okay game. Yeah, yeah. it's definitely I, not I, a bad so, game. Yeah. And I, I'm it was, see, you know, like but it, it's it, not it, anymore. It, yeah, it started out as a bad game, you know, like and uh, you know, Hello Games has really turned that around, so, you know, just sort of following the trend, maybe it'll become a great game here in the next couple of years. So, Maybe. I, I, I definitely li- like keeping an eye on it, for sure. It's it's always pleasantly surprising when I see, okay, No Man's Sky is getting another major update. Yeah, I, yeah. I mentioned No Man's Sky because it's... Ex- uh, did you have something you wanted to say about No Man's Sky, Mike? I, I've been following No Man's Sky for a while. Like I remember wanting it at release, and then hearing the release was a dumpster fire, and then waiting, and then like, oh, this update's great. And I just See, I was certain that No Man's Sky was going to be a disappointment from the moment I heard of it because of a little game called Spore. True. I watched, um, when I was I was a kid, let's see, how old was I in 2006? Not very old. I would have been like uh, 10, 10-ish, I think. And I watched the E3 2006 Spore demonstration. Oh no, I would have been 9 at the time. I, uh, yeah, I didn't turn 10 until later that year. So, uh, not, a little nine-year-old Connor watched this Spore 18-minute demonstration, uh, a video that is infamous among any Spore fan, because almost everything in this trailer it just was completely destroyed by the time the game actually came out in 2008, two years later. And this was the first game that I ever wanted to like follow closely and... like. Mm-hmm 
you know, I, I was a kid. It was the first time I ever really, you know, I had internet and I was watching this game. Really made you like, jaded for life. <laughs> like every couple of days I was checking and yeah, it, it the game came out, but I like I was checking stuff all the time, but like this was kind of before game development was like publicized. I mean, it's not an open book now, but this was before like developer updates or anything existed, you know? Yeah, back in those yeah, days, like, you had to rely on like what Game Informer and other various yeah, sites. Yeah, a ton of stuff that was in the trailer that I watched just wasn't in the game. Oh, like entire, like four is split into stages and uh, like the cell stage, the creature stage, the tribal stage, there were entire stages removed from the game. Uh, there were like, like the space stage, which was like almost kind of the meat of the game. Like that was the end game that got super stripped down. Uh, what, what was advertised to me in this demo that I watched I must have watched this thing 50-some times like in that, <laughs> over those two years because I just was so excited for this game. And I was seeing it as like this almost realistic, like not evolution simulator, but like, you know, you got to build these creatures and they would act realistically. And like, you know, it was fairly violent. Like your creature was hunting like it was a real animal and stuff. And then all of that got cut out to make this cutesy game that like was extremely surface level and frankly not that not spectacular you know maybe yeah i imagine it's reviews it probably got like sevens out of ten maybe sixes or sevens like yeah it's probably it's probably a five or a six for me like um i remember at the time you know I, i i was young too you know i'm a few years older than you but i remember hearing about spore and there was so much hype around it and i was so interested right i was like this looks like a really cool game but I never really played games on my PC or anything like that, so I sort of just forgot about it, you know, going forward. So I was spared the immense disappointment. But I remember hearing about Spore and being like, oh my god, this is a revolutionary game. Yeah, I remember it reading has, about it. It has an 84 on, Metascore, on Metacritic, so... That's way higher than I'd give it. You know, yeah, I tried it out a few... Yeah, you bought like a couple it months on ago. a podcast. Was it best... Yeah. Did we record remotely back then, or... Was it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we were like, remote. Yeah, he bought it COVID. live. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were talking about space but, games. Yeah. No, I I tried it and like I wanted to like it a lot, but I just got so yeah. bored. I I have a friend who built like no. we were little kids and he had his mom go out because he knew his computer couldn't run Spore and they they spent a lot of money on a new computer just to play Nvidia Spore and like. Obviously, we were little kids, so like, even though we were not happy with this game, we still played like right. an absolute ton of it. And it actually ended up getting him into uh, Civ games. You got Civilization or is somewhat like Civ. I gotta like, step in it, here. We were young and poor. Yeah, it, growing up, it was you bought this game, you yeah. better get your 40, 60 hours out of it, or else you're gonna right, have a yeah. bad time. Yeah, however much spore, like I, you know, this was I, I was eleven by the when the game came out, I guess, and I you know had saved up my money to buy it. I you know I'd had two years to save up my money, so it was possible, but <laughs> I had never been this excited for a game before, and uh, never have been since because I yeah, don't have it in totally. me. Yeah, yeah, not gonna get burned again. With, with maybe the exception of Super Mario Galaxy, I was very excited for that game, and I was not disappointed. But I mean, yeah. I'm still excited for games. I I get burned all the time, though. I remember my one of my greatest disappointments. I have a bunch. Uh, <laughs> I remember being really excited for Mass Effect Andromeda. I don't I know. Knew if it, I, I knew you were gonna say that. Ever? Yeah. I don't know if I ever talked about it on the podcast, but Mass Effect. Uh, 
one of those games I played a lot. I think. No, I'm. I, yeah, I, I'm right there with you, Mike. I played but through yeah, go ahead. one. There was a point in my life where every week I have beat Mass Effect One at least once or twice for like a month. Jeez, <laughs> that's a long game. It, I actually got really good at going through it fast. Like it take me about two nights, so about ten hours of playthrough. Wow. Just oh yeah, you did speed. It'd be run it'd be new game too, plus so. new game plus new game plus, like, wow. It got real goofy at some point, but I played two when it came out. I was I liked two, three was I got I got really damaged with three because of that stupid dog. But and then I am like, oh, when's there gonna be a new Mass Effect? And then Andromeda was announced, and I understandably was like, oh, this is gonna be great. Saw some trailers. Still wasn't disappointed. Game came out. And then the videos started. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm like, right there with you, Mike. Like, I love, love, love Mass Effect. It's, like, probably my top five, like, gaming series. Like, period. Like, I started with Mass Effect 2. Blew me away. I was like, what is this? Where has it been my entire life? I'm a big fan of, like, space stories right and this was like the perfect sci-fi rpg right and then three came out and i really liked three as well obviously the ending wasn't as strong and i don't have as many strong feelings as some people do about the ending of three but i really liked three and i even went back and played one loved one one was a little janky but you know that's okay but it's early bioware early bioware has always been but kind of jank by and large, that trilogy really holds a special place in my heart, you know, like, and then Andromeda got announced, and I was like, oh my god, I'm going back into this world, and then more and more details came out, and then reviews came out, and I was like, you know, like, look at how they massacred my boy, what they've done you know? to my boy. <laughs> yeah. It's just immense, immense disappointment, you know, like, to, to take this franchise that, that was, like, some of the heights of my gaming experiences to to break it to an extent where it's nigh unplayable you know like it's just yeah that was a crime i'm not that even sucked. mad at the gameplay of andromeda like the gameplay from what i little i played before i got bored with it was actually kind of fun but yeah i mean I, the story I, was I've, lacking yeah like just i i've actually haven't even played it you know like it's just the impressions were enough for me just the fact that I know that it's like nowhere even close to the original trilogy is I don't want to experience that disappointment. So yeah. Now I've also been disappointed before, but this one's because of Peter Molyneux. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, you you bought his lies, huh? I, I always bought his lies. I bought it for three games in or two games in a row, because after I played Fable One I had a great time. Although Fable Two was also good. I have no bad things to say about Fable Two. Yeah, I I played Fable. I I forget if I played two. I definitely played one of the Fables. I don't know if it was was the one one or two. King. No. Okay, then it was probably Fable one or two. Was it? Yeah. What console was it on? Is the key question here. Pretty sure it was on 360. Then it was probably Fable two. Yeah. No, I enjoyed Fable quite a bit, but like I remember hearing these interviews with Peter, been like promising like revolutions. Oh no, Peter. Peter Molyneux was the original Todd Howard. Like, that man would promise you the world and then give you a globe. I've seen a lot of, um, I've seen a lot of Fable, and, like, the word revolutionary never once crossed my mind. Like, it's just a bog-standard RPG that's pretty good. Fable 2 was promised the world, just just 
Never it's just delivered. you know competent. I think that's the right word. Yeah, Cable is it's competent. a good RPG. But like, like it, it the way you hear Molyneux talk, you know, he he, like he was it was so bizarre. It's like he was. I guess he's a really good snake oil salesman because he <laughs> yeah. he really is hype up his own games to be like, oh my, these are going to be like game changing experiences, but and they never were. Look at this. He co-op. did the same thing when uh when he was developing Connect games with Microsoft. Oh god. Oh yeah, I remember being really excited for the Connect as well. What was I that kid's name Milo. Huge, yeah, Milo. That's a great yeah. uh segue. I like something I didn't even think of until you mentioned it. I was actually pretty excited for Connect. Uh, back, back I thought it was, it was a cool bit of tech, and then I'm just like, ha. just because <laughs> that's funny. The tech behind it like seemed so futuristic at the time. Just the fact that you could like swipe the air and it would interact with the UI. I was like, what is this? It, it seems like out of some... cool tech, and they just it it, it is, but like nothing. Yeah, like nothing meaningful gameplay wise came out of that. Like, yeah, I tried playing Connect games. And I was just like, this is. Far worse than like the wheat shovelware we were getting at the time. Yeah, I honestly think I had more fun with the PlayStation 2 iToy than I did with the Kinect. Yeah, the Kinect. Because the iToy knew what it was. Like, it knew that it was just this goofy, stupid thing that you'd play with for 20 minutes and then, like, be done with. And, like, the Kinect thought it was a gaming revolution and ruined a couple of games. Yeah. Yeah. Kinect ruined Rare. (laughs) Can we talk about how every game at the time had Kinect support? Like even yeah, Skyrim. That's what I was thinking of. Like, <laughs> yeah, connect support. Like, okay, but wasn't really Skyrim? Tried to make you, it like happen. do your shouts or something. Yeah, you could just start screaming at your TV. And <laughs> your character. Okay, I had a mod for yeah. that on PC. I thought that was kind of neat. I thought it, it was kind of cool that you. It is kind of like, say neat, the... But at the same time, it's just kind of goofy. Yeah. Oh, it's absolutely goofy, but that doesn't make it bad. <laughs> yeah. I, I just want to point out really quick the immense influence Nintendo has on the industry. You know, like I don't think we would have Connect if the Wii motion controls weren't a thing. You know, yeah, I think probably true. Wii, yeah, it was, Wii it was, came out and I, and Sony and Microsoft were like, Oh my God, this Nintendo has something new, something revolutionary on their hands. We need to catch up or we'll be left behind. Sony came out with the PlayStation move, which were essentially just Wii remotes. And Microsoft came out with connect and they really tried to push those into games for a while. Yeah. And yeah. then, you know, like, and that continued into Xbox One. If you guys remember, originally Connect was mandatory with Xbox One. Yeah, that was that's how it was designed. And then after the insane pushback after E3, they literally had to go in and separate the two. Like this was after the console had been like revealed. After like this was like basically right before launch, they were like, "Okay, Connect is not required anymore." Oh, yeah, you remember Xbox like the drink was originally designed with Connect fully integrated in it, and now it's completely yeah. gone. Yeah, now yeah, you no, can't. I don't know I don't anybody that you can get a connect anymore. Yeah, I think you true. might be able to, but they don't. Yeah, you you can definitely get a hold of them because I know a lot of people have like done hack hacky workarounds and stuff. And like, there are a couple of neat things you can do on PC with a connect. Like, like I've seen people doing like shoddy mocap with one. Like the technology is cool. Yeah, but the game like, didn't make sense for games because like. You look at a game and like nobody playing Mario wants to actually jump, and that's that's what Connect is saying you're gonna have to do, and that's not fun. Like Nintendo yeah. understood that like yeah, shaking your Wii remote to make Mario spin like that's a tiny movement tiny that is kind of analogous to the spin, but like Connect like I remember one of my friends thinking like oh with Connect you'll be able to like pretend you're holding a gun and it'll be able to see you move your trigger finger to shoot and I'm like that's not gonna be fun that's just gonna feel weird like to move your finger even if that and, does work like, and it does seem a little bit like now that we're talking about it it seems like Connect was a 
in in some ways sort of a precursor to some of the ideas that make VR really cool. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I think PlayStation Move and Connect both were like on their way to VR. You know, like but yeah, and and VR like the Oculus great, Quest has yeah. the hand tracking that Connect claimed yeah. to be able to do, and the, uh, yeah, the Connect yeah. itself though, like that was. That was that's such a stain I feel like on Microsoft, especially you know I think the most egregious thing was making it initially at least required for Xbox One. Yeah, and that really sort of made my uh, made Xbox lose a lot of ground this generation. And and what I what I learned I remember reading memes and stuff way back uh, of people like being able to shout Xbox off or something. Oh and, yeah, uh, no, that'd be I, you'd see that. All I didn't the time. think that was real, but apparently that actually oh, worked. Oh, it's totally could, real. Yeah, no, you could be I, I, playing I, games with someone and shout Xbox turn off, and the Xbox will pop up a prompt saying, "Do you want to turn off?" How did they not know that that would be a thing after like years of people in like CS:GO or whatever CS it was at the time? I think it was still CS:GO. Telling people Alt F4 like gives you infinite health. Oh no, people like, doing that or people. I think now it's like Twitch donations that'll trigger Alexis. Oh, that's really funny. Like it's always gonna happen. People just don't. Yeah, but how did Microsoft not know? Like they should know better. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Some of these yeah decisions are crazy. Like I definitely feel like we were like in some bizarre alternate universe like. Connect would be mainstream and everything would be motion based and ev- like games would be made with that in mind. And I think we were at that crossroads for a little bit, you know, like Sony, Microsoft and Nintendo must have heavily considered that maybe this is what gaming is going to be from now on. And thankfully, people were like, mm, no, objectively, like refuted that emphatically refuted that. So, yeah, there was a lot of weird bits. That generation was just weird. It was very weird, yeah. It was a lot of experimentation. Very experimental, yeah. But yeah, in terms of like hardware, that was disappointing. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, Connect was extremely disappointing. Another one that was personally disappointing for me, um, which at the time probably wasn't, because when I was younger, like you know, like pretty much everything amazed me, uh, even if it wasn't amazing. You know, case in points, Sonic '06. I yeah, I was gonna say Sonic there. Heroes because I I didn't have a console to play 06 on. Oh, Sonic but, 06 uh, is also a disappointment. Yes, yeah. and we can get into that for a sec. But I was going to say the PlayStation 3 at launch, right? Really? So I di- I didn't. So I got a PlayStation 3 I think before a 360, and I remember just being super excited for it because I played my PS2 all the time, and. I remember playing it. I remember getting a launch game. It was called Genji: The da- Days of the Blade. That and sounds I remember- terrible. <laughs> and it was very bad. And uh, but I'd, I'd look at it and be like, "Oh my gosh, look at the HD graphics! This is amazing." And you know, at the time, convinced myself like this is an amazing game, but it was extremely boring. And I essentially had nothing to play on my PS3. And then I switched, you know, like to 360 because like that's what everyone in middle school and stuff was playing and i had a great time there for a couple years you know like all i did was play on my 360 and eventually obviously when the ps3 exclusive started rolling i i I sort of transitioned back but you know the ps3 at first at least for me was a huge disappointment yeah that's yeah for me that's got to be the wii u because um i looked at like what nintendo like the way they were talking about the wii u and stuff and what it what it looked like to me was a return to form to like the GameCube era, right? Like a console kinda, made for like an actual 
like, like not your grandma, for people who like know? video games yeah <laughs> but it it did end up being a return to form for the gamecube days as in you know a lot of games no bought just it. don't get an entry nobody bought it yeah. you know except gamecube like, a lot of people bought didn't it sell extremely well no, no. it didn't, didn't. Uh, the yeah. gamecube and n64 both sold very poorly no, the GameCube sold better than the N64, I think, but not. It's weird you know. because I mean, we look when back when at that with those to, like uh, PlayStation and Xbox. No, I mean, like, I think by any metric, those those consoles has have some of the best games of all time on there. The but Wii U does not, though. Like, but I think just yeah, the, no, I, I'm talking about the N64 and GameCube. Yeah, right? I know. But it's I think just... with the proliferation of like online gaming that's when gaming really sorted became more mainstream and like sales of consoles really picked up you know that's why we saw like things like the 360 and eventually the ps3 sell gangbusters where the whereas uh you know nintendo really didn't yeah nintendo but you know like that's not entirely true because like the ps2 is like what the best second best selling console of all time so maybe that's far and wide the best yeah console yeah but a, a large part of that is, is due to the you know the DVD drive as well. So uh, yeah, actually, it well, might not be best if you include handhelds. I think the Game Boy might have outsold it, but I'm that's not why. Sure. Yeah, I think that's why it's the second best. Like overall, I think best yeah. dedicated console, but maybe not if you include handhelds. But anyways, you know. But yeah, Wii U was definitely a disappointment. I remember like getting one, and the only game I really played was. Mario Kart. I think to this day, I only own like two or three Wii U games. I I sold my Wii U, and like this is. I think this was after I started collecting games. I still sold my Wii U because I just never played it. I just care so little about it. There's not a single game on it that I'm missing at this point that hasn't been ported to Switch. Yeah, and I think Nintendo yeah. really made an intelligent decision. You know, like halfway through the Wii U's life cycle, I think they saw the writing on the wall and they were like, "Yeah, this isn't working out, and we need to pivot." the development of these games to release on switch you know like so they put you know like they obviously still released like breath of the wild for the wii u but the switch yeah, I mean, was the one to get you know yeah but look at look at all the like nintendo properties that never got a wii u game like there was no metroid there are arguably there was no zelda because it didn't get an original zelda like breath of the wild yeah. is a switch game if you ask anybody like you know it just I don't know. I thought it was going to be this return to the GameCube days, and it just wasn't. I'm having trouble thinking of games that have been, like, a huge disappointment for me, though, because Spore burned me so young, I just stopped getting excited for things. I mean... Yeah, that's... that's... I've been disappointed a lot. I was disappointed in Fallout 76, even though I didn't actually play it. Let's... Let's, that uh, yeah. didn't surprise me at all. I was 100% ready for that. I mean, that. I, I saw the writing on the wall for that, but, you know, still had some hope that would be it would be somewhat decent. But, yeah, what a catastrophe that was. But apparently, I just read an article today arguing that Fallout 76 is now an amazing game, and I just don't That's not believe true. it. I just don't believe it. I can't There's believe no way. it. There's no way. I, I know people who loved that game on launch. I mean, who, you know, I like played it Bethesda recently. fanboys. Or I played it when it was like free for a little bit because I still mm. not buying it. And honestly, other than the fact that I went to go do like the the NPC missions, and the game froze into an infinite loading screen, oh, it's not bad. Other than the fact that the game didn't work on a fundamental level, <laughs> yeah. Other than the fact the game didn't fucking work, um, yeah. And emphasis yeah. on In that. Terms of- on that swear. The game just didn't work. 
Yeah, it it didn't work. <laughs> I just I want a, a game I want to highlight, and I'm almost positive neither of you have heard of this at all. But you know, back to the PS3 when I was trying to convince myself that it was a system worth getting. Right, there was this exclusive that came out for it that I got, and I was trying to convince all my friends like, this is a revolutionary new first person shooter. You gotta play this, and it was just awful. It might be like what the worst it? game I've ever played. It's called Haze. Oh, I, don't know if I remember you guys Haze. I've heard of it. Yeah, it I was so bad, and I snafu. somehow convinced myself that this game was no. Like to be fair, after I played it, I was like, okay, this sucks. But like watching the trailers and stuff, and like the marketing or whatever oh, for no, this no. game, I somehow convinced myself it was going to be an incredible first-person shooter. No, the previews You're and everything seven susceptible. were like. <laughs> Everything about the game, like the previews, like the Game Informer previews, like this is going to be a great game. And then it released. Yeah, and it was just like unfinished and very bad. <laughs> like, I don't know how to eloquently describe it better than that. I mean, it that. was a shooter about doing drugs. And yeah. how doing drugs is bad. And it just sucked. Like, it sucked on every level. I just remembered I was pretty hyped for the PS Vita, too, and I guess that counts as pretty disappointing, but I, I didn't feel particularly burned there, because I won my no, Taco I, I Bell. I still really like my Vita. PS Vita Taco oh, Bell. you won a PS Vita? That's really cool. Yeah, dude, I have pretty good luck with uh, winning those weird contests. I just answered you know, one for uh, PS5, and uh, mark my words, I'm going to win that thing. Taco Bell's actually doing one right now for Xbox Series X. Okay. Yeah, I would enter if I could eat Taco Bell, but I have celiac disease. So. I mean, I could just give codes away, because I can't win it. Oh, really? Yeah, I still get the cups because I drink the cups at work, but like <laughs> yeah. I have two sitting next to me. I just have no use for the codes because I don't think I can but actually win. I like really felt, and, and like the Nintendo Switch has kind of fulfilled the promise that the Vita made. Like, I wanted console level games on a handheld, and the Vita kind of had all the potential to do that, and they just never did. They never made any games for the dang thing. Like, I, you know, I liked it. I bought games on it, but... Yeah. And uh, I think my view on Vita is a little biased, simply because I played one of my now all-time yeah, favorite P4G. games, Persona yeah. 4, on it. Yeah, Persona 4 Golden. But, you know, like, just the idea of this HD, small, portable handheld was so attractive at the time. And, uh, and obviously, you know, the Switch came out and just fully delivered on that. But I think, you know, the Vita was the first sort of attempt. Yeah, the Vita's missing a couple of things that, like, it would really need. Like, I really wanted to use the Vita, like... Like, PS4 Remote Play is pretty cool on the yeah, Vita, and I was I've like, done that well, a few times. you can do that with your PC, too, but, like, yeah. the Vita's hardware only supports 2.4 gigahertz Wi-Fi, and, like, the latency there's just not good enough. Like, if it supported 5 gigahertz, because that screen is so low resolution and everything, but still looks really good, it would have been an amazing device for that. But yeah. just some weird decisions they made... I don't, actually, I don't even know if that was a decision. I don't know if 5 gigahertz Wi-Fi was a thing when the Vita I don't think out. it was. I don't, I don't think, think it was either. But yeah, it just... I don't know. I found it fairly disappointing. I think that was yeah, still supported I, I, when we started this podcast. Yeah, I believe it was, yeah. yeah I, and I remember me and Ammon talking about it. They tried to like support it with some like notable exclusives. There was like an Uncharted game on there and a Killzone yeah. game. I have and, that. You know, I, have, uh, I have the Uncharted game, and I think it's pretty good. Like, yeah, I don't it, have any games for the Vita that I think are bad. All of them are very good. Yeah, it's just and it I also have, liked 
the the thing I think the problem with the Vita is that like to a lot of gamers it didn't have like that one must have title you know like 360 had Halo three you know PS three has Uncharted you know? I think if they'd really put some money behind it that could have been Little Big Planet Vita because I like that was the first right, game I yeah. thought of when I was like thinking of like disappointing games I was like Little Big Planet Vita was kind of disappointing but the reason it was disappointing was because it didn't have a player base to make the levels that like all the other Little Big Planet games had. Because, like, it had the best gimmicks, like, the back touch screen on the Vita, I thought was stupid at first, but, like, all the games that used it did neat stuff with it, in my opinion. Oh, I remember being disappointed in Little Big Planet 3. Yeah, that, that was, was a, a buggy mess. It wasn't even made by Media Molecule. That was made by uh, Sumo Digital, Inc. Yeah. And, and that's a whole, you know, there's a Scott the Waz video about, like, games made by different, like, games that developers have abandoned and a new developer picks it up and does a bad job. That's a pretty normal occurrence in the game industry. Yeah. Like the poly- That's why I have no faith in any future Uncharted games, you know? Like, yeah, of course, I it's mean, getting better, because like, we have Toys for Bob doing the new um, Crash game, and it looks better than the original three to me, so... Yeah, when you can get, like, yeah, original I, devs on it, it's not as bad, but usually they get, like... Oh, Destiny. Destiny probably counts as an extremely disappointing game for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, especially coming off of Halo. I I mean, yeah. Destiny definitely grew into something that has like a super dedicated fan base now. But I think oh, yeah. yeah, when it first came out, it was so sort of bare. Like it was just not what people wanted, I think. But to give Destiny, I guess, credit, it was the first games as a service game, was it not? I mean, you can say that, but MMOs have existed for a long time, and their games a service. Like, it has, but I feel like, I feel like, okay, let me put it like this: I feel like the division, for example, would not exist if it were not for Destiny. Yeah, I feel probably. Like probably, Marvel's it was the first Avengers MMO like game. Not, yeah, Marvel's Avengers would not be what it is if not for Destiny. Like, I feel like Destiny. And what had a shame massive, that would be. Right, right. But what I'm getting at is, Destiny had a massive impact on the gaming industry. Whether you think that's good or bad, you know, like obviously you can. Debate I don't that. have a problem with games as a service, but Avengers shouldn't have been one. Like, yeah, definitely not. Yeah. Like, if just if you compare like two adjacent properties, like Marvel's Avengers, and then compared to you know the PS4 Spider-Man game that came out like a couple years ago, and it's like night and day in terms of like just the quality of the experience, like the gameplay, the cutscenes, like it's just totally different. Yeah. But yeah, I yeah I think. Do you guys have any other disappointments that come to mind? I feel like I aired most of mine. Yeah, I, I think I've been. I have a long history of disappointments, but a lot of them I don't remember because I've suppressed those memories. <laughs> yeah, I just remember there every a lot single of time accesses. a Sonic game, like before the before like you could look up on the or before I knew that you could look up on the internet and see like an entire feature list in a game. I bought several Sonic games oh, hoping yeah. that so they would have I. Chow Gardens, and they never did. Uh, yeah. And, you know, that was, like, painful. I remember there were some early Access games that's like, oh, this looks really good now. And just- yeah, there's there's one game called, like, Star Forge, I think, that, like, I remember Notch talking about it on his blog while he was developing Minecraft. Back when we uh, like, took way back seriously. Before- you know, before I knew Notch was a terrible person, and like back when he still owned Minecraft and was still working on it, and like I I in, I bought Star Forge, I think it was called. I, I think that's right. 
and it's nothing. Like, there's not even a full game there, like, at yeah. all. It, it's been, like, ten years since then, and there's still not a full game there. Yeah, there's still were- not even what I would consider enough of an early access game to sell. I hate that game. I've only played it for, like, ten minutes or something, but that was before Steam did refunds. So. Yeah, they abandoned it, didn't they? I think so. I would have. There's no game there. I wouldn't have, there was no chance of it ever being anything fun. So there's a few titles I want to shout out here. And I don't necessarily have connections to these titles per se, but I do remember them being making huge waves uh, when when this the, the news around these titles broke. Uh, first of all, being Mighty Number no. Nine. Oh uh, yeah, uh, I don't have a personal a, attachment, but I, yeah. I, I I don't either. But you know, to Mega Man fans who were looking forward to this game. Yeah, what a I'm disappointment they must have experienced. I became a Mega Man fan like around the release of that game. So like, you know, I kind of missed out on the worst of it. I didn't care at the time it came out. I didn't care until just after. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. You guys have Shovel Knight. Like, is it really that big a deal that Mighty Number no. 9 was terrible? I don't know. But it was made by like the same creator. It was made by... It was. And that's well, what NFNA would like you to believe, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so... That was definitely like a notable disappointment in the industry. Have you guys heard of Scalebound? Oh yeah, yes. wasn't that uh, was that? But that's a disappointment because it's vaporware, right? Like, yeah, it was a massive AAA Xbox exclusive game that was in development for for a while, and then it just kind of got canned. I yeah, feel like was, was it platinum? And especially to you know, um, I think it was, but especially you know, put yourself in the shoes of like an Xbox One o- owner and like. 2015 you basically don't really have anything on your console when you you know compare it to your contemporaries and then you're kind of banking on this being like a massive release and then it just gets canceled like that's that that was you know like i'm sure like projects get canceled all the time but like this is the first time we had known of one actually seen like footage of it and then like publicly like we saw it get canceled, you know, like so that was a pretty pretty big deal at the time. Yeah. It happens to a lot of games. A lot of people were like, oh, this game's gonna be great, and then it just doesn't appear. Yeah. I remember what was it called? Two Human Silicon Knights last game. Mm, not familiar. Uh well, it had like an eight year development cycle and it was I'll do Nukem Forever probably belongs on our list. Oh yeah. Speaking for of games sure. with eternal uh development cycles um i think it's interesting to look at some games that historically were super disappointing but like now are beloved like wind waker i i don't know i feel like wind waker at the time it was just like a super vocal minority saying that they didn't like it i don't think that was like the consensus opinion at all See, I wasn't around for it because I was too young. I was just like, it was like my first Zelda game, so I was just like, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wind Waker was incredible. Wind Waker's mm-hmm. good. I just never played it because I ignored a lot. Yeah, I was that guy good. that ignored a lot of the GameCube titles. Yeah. I think uh, one that got me was um, I expected to like Kingdom Hearts. I didn't expect to be a huge fan of it. But um, my cousin lent me Kingdom Hearts, and that game's not fun. Like, I, I'm sorry to anybody who likes it, but there, there's not a fun moment in that game. <laughs> like, it's very. It's I just like it's also equally like. And and it's, it's hard it's to go back nonsense. and want to learn about the first one, knowing like what the series ended up becoming, like knowing yeah. that it became a convoluted mess, and then Kingdom Hearts three happened, and all you do is watch Disney movies with Sora in the background. Like, 
You have to play yeah, like every single point, Kingdom Hearts game to understand the lore, and that's nuts. and like all the optional ancillary titles too. Yeah, you literally yeah. have to play hundreds of bad games <laughs> to get an understanding yeah. enough to play the newest, the third game. Yeah, I've come very close multiple times to biting the bullet on jumping into Kingdom Hearts, but I've stopped myself each time. And I've I don't tried, and it's not a good game. Like, yeah. Maybe one the day tutorial is shot. like two and a half hours long, and I've never made it through it. And oh, like, God. the combat is not fun. Like, so I don't think it's ever gonna get better. I don't know. It's just not. <laughs> Your game. I don't yeah. know. I think maybe you had to be like a certain were, age to yeah, get into and, Kingdom Hearts, and like, there's a ton of people. If you were in that on were that, in that first age. game, then yeah. you, I think you're in a, in for life, for better or yeah, worse. Like, yeah. I don't know. I and, and Starbound got me too. Um, I, that's what I thought of when you were saying um, Scalebound. Starbound, the Chucklefish game. Uh, yes. uh, it got announced like right around the time Terraria said that it was getting no more updates, and that was kind of heartbreaking to me because I love Terraria. And of course it ended up not being true. Terraria got more updates. But um, they announced Starbound, and Starbound has just kind of been heartbreak after heartbreak for me because like... They released a beta, and the game was like okay, and I had some fun playing it, and I was like, well, it's you know, it's just a beta, it's gonna get better. And then they released the full game, and it is, in my opinion, in every way that matters, worse than the beta they released. That's rough. And then I find out that they use child labor to make it, <laughs> like, and Chucklefish are, is just a terrible company, and they also like were awful to a. They like outed a trans employee in front of everybody, and like, yeah, they're just bad people. And like, that is disappointing to me because they were like indie. Like, I followed every Starbound developer. I followed all of them on Twitter, and I I still follow a lot of them because they are like, they're the reason I know that all this stuff went down at Chucklefish. Yeah, but like that that is disappointing. But that's almost disappointing more because like, never meet your heroes. <laughs> right. Never look behind the curtain. Yeah. Never just. Yeah. It's a lot easier to be blissfully unaware of the games industry, because then yeah, you can just. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know if uh, speaking of blissfully unaware of the games industry, uh, anybody see how Project C or CD Projekt yes. Red broke their no crunch uh, promise for? That's disappointing. That is disappointing. <laughs> That's yeah. But Cyberpunk. It happens. Yeah. I, I. Yeah. Crunch is still an integral part of this industry that. I feel like it'll take years and years for, for, for that to be addressed. Crunch is not an integral part of the industry. Bad management is an integral part of the industry. No, but I, I think mean, they're getting paid in, for integral crunch, in the though, sense that though. almost all AAA titles have crunch. You know, because like, of bad not, management, though. Like, you don't get I mean, crunch if you have management that you know knows what they're doing. It just doesn't. Isn't it bug? I mean, I'd crunch? love to see examples of AAA games that don't do crunch, like. I mean, there, there are studios that don't do crunch. I don't know off the top of my head, but I've looked at jobs at places, and a lot of them are not AAA. You know, it's a lot of indies, but, like, it, it's not possible that crunch is necessary to make a good game. That's not possible. Like, Yeah, I think it's just been so normalized that they don't know the games people are working just those soft. jobs. Yeah, don't know how to... Because I think I think there, there's so many factors, right? Like, I think part of it is due to, like, publishers and the people... Like investors and stuff being like, okay, this game needs to come out now, and you know how, that's not how software works. You know, you and I both yeah. know that firsthand. You know, like, yeah. So, you know, once a deadline's set, 
you know, like for better or worse, they have to scramble to reach it. And it just sucks. Yeah. Um, I will leave you guys with one game that I am very surprised has not been brought up yet. Anthem. Oh yeah. Didn't care. Never yeah, cared. I didn't care. I, I, I looked at it and I was like, well, this isn't going to be that great. Yeah. Like, I, the, the movement I, looked really good. I never tried it, but I remember looking or watching rather that E3 reveal trailer for Anthem and being kind oh, of yeah. it looks like, so... like an Iron Man game almost like it yeah, looks super fun. But I was like, eh, it's EA. I don't buy it, it. Yeah, it looked incredible. But, you know, EA did their EA thing. And then we all know I, also like, just don't, I didn't trust Bioware at the time. I don't. Yeah, think. if if it would have if it would have been announced, maybe <laughs> when it, Anthem was announced, how like a couple months after uh, Andromeda. But here's the thing, like even okay, so say even like it was announced before Andromeda, Anthem is not the kind of game that Bioware makes. Yeah. It's like why are they making this game? I feel but like he, it's just he them has trying been doing to a lot of that lately, like having yeah. developers make games that are not like their forte. And I don't know why they're doing it as they can. Yeah, I mean like for example, if they had poured all of those resources if they had, like, the main team instead of, like, their side team make the next Mass Effect, how differently would we think of Bioware right now? You know? Yeah. Interesting to consider. I probably wouldn't be disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Probably wouldn't have had my childhood ruined. Salvage. I was yeah, childhood. Anyway. I was a <laughs> consenting adult for that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for Mass Effect Andromeda, for sure. Yeah. Okay, are there any other disappointments grievances you want to you want to air out i think now? i'm good spore's really the only one that the only my, my first and only heartbreak really <laughs> first yeah. first love Never first again. heartbreak your your heart was steeled after that yeah my poor 11 year old heart yeah <laughs> honest to god i swear that hurt more than actual heartbreak <laughs> <laughs> like, connor was ready for his first breakup after spore <laughs> i was i was yeah 11 years old, ready for it, you know? I, kn- just, I knew that ha- I knew happiness was an illusion, young. Just to sort of end on a positive note, though, for this section, I will say that personally, I have been... Uh, my expectations have been met or exceeded a lot of times for games that I'm excited for, rather than disappointment, disappointed. Yeah, you know, I'd say like, Dark Souls was that for me. I was incredibly hyped for Dark Souls. And it... I'd actually, I was disappointed in Dark Souls when it came out, because I was bad at video games yeah. and then i returned to it years later and loved it and it's i've heard that story games. so many times from so many different people you know like they try dark souls they're like what is this nonsense this is terrible come back three years later it's like my favorite game of all time well you again know? i was pretty young when dark souls came out that was like 2012 wasn't it or no yes. 2011 2011 2011 yeah so i would have been like you know because i remember getting it around the time i got skyrim yeah. yeah yeah and skyrim was 11 11 11 i'll never forget that yeah never forget and uncharted the 3 uncharted 3 was 11 1 11 hmm. won't forget that either yeah because i remember uncharted 3 had this big subway promotion don't know why i just remember going to a subway and seeing uh, nathan drake nathan drake top. rubs me as the nathan drake rubs me as a real subway guy <laughs> yeah i could see that such a, yeah, such a weird cross promotion overall i think i've been my expectations have been exceeded more than they've been, than I've been disappointed. Like I was so excited for God of War 2018, and it delivered, and then some. I was. I, I would not say the same for myself. My yeah. my expectations 
are usually pretty spot on. Actually, the the one exception is Super Mario Odyssey. I I remember on this podcast, I at one point said that I did not expect Super Mario Odyssey right. could possibly beat a hat in time, but that was coming off of Nintendo making like five new Super Mario Bros. games in a row, and like. Right. All of you know, just kind of meh, in my opinion. Yeah, Super Mario 3D World was pretty good, but it was not what I wanted from a Mario game. Right. So that was a pleasant surprise. For Speaking sure. of Mario games, guess what I've been playing? Oh, no. 3D All-Stars? I've been playing a lot of Civ 6, but I've also been playing... <laughs> I've, I've been playing uh, 3D All-Stars as well. Um, and let me tell you, those Mario games are really, really, really good. Really? Yeah. And I, I I mean, you know, obviously I'm disappointed that there's no 60 FPS for Sunshine and 64. Yeah. But, okay, let me go through each of the three games, because I've played each one for a couple hours now. 64, the controls are a lot, I don't want to say worse, but a lot floatier than I remember. You know, like I, I figured I rem- you were going to have, I figured that would be the case, because I, I've played, yeah, like I remember us saying, like, Man, I would really like some Odyssey controls in 64. And you said, no, 64's controls are flawless. How, no, no, how no, no, dare no, no. Yeah, I definitely... So, yeah, that was definitely me being wrong. Because <laughs> I haven't, you know, I haven't played 64 in years and years and years. See, but I was I've playing 64 playing earlier this year but, on my N64. Yeah, like, but just playing it, I'm just like, these controls, <laughs> like, what is going on here? Why is everything so finicky? And the camera kind of sucks. And, like, I don't remember these things. But, like, you know, it's it's funny, you know, like, 20 years later, you play this game. It's just, like, not quite how you remember it. But, you, you know, know, it has uh, pretty good controls if you want to play Super Mario 64. Super Mario 64 DS. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just play Super Mario 64 DS. But, okay, but here's the thing. That being said, the nostalgia factor definitely, like, won over, in my opinion. Like, even though the controls weren't ideal. Oh, yeah. I don't even think you need the nostalgia factor. Like, Super Mario 64, the controls are not bad. They're, like, not flawless. Like, They're just not what I'm used to. Like, yeah. like, Mario Odyssey's controls are just perfection. Yeah, Mario Odyssey, yeah. I mean, really... Starting with Sunshine, they got it right. Like, Sunshine's controls are flawless, in my opinion. But yeah, let me... Okay, so let me move on to Sunshine. Immediately, I noticed the movement, the jumping, way snappier, way more responsive, way... It feels way better. Yeah. The only thing that really bothered me and was really jarring going from uh, 64 to Sunshine that is that Mario lost his dive. Yeah. And, you know, obviously, like, just wait. playing two, like... Oh, he did. What? what? He didn't lose his dive in no, no, Sunshine? No, no, no. Wait, wait, I, I'm... I'm messing something up. He lost his long jump. Sorry. Yes, mm-hmm. he yeah. lost his long jump. Yeah. yeah. He lost his dive in uh, in uh, Galaxy. Yes. Right. Yeah, Galaxy so he lost, has a very yeah. simplified control set. Yeah, so he lost his long jump in in Sunshine, and that was probably my favorite move. I love the long jump. I think it's yeah. it's so much fun to, to, to execute and move around with. That being said, like, Delfino Plaza is one of the best, like, sandboxy hubs ever made i think oh yeah it's very lively it's so much more fun like i love peach's castle and i like the secret stars there and stuff but i think the secret stars hidden in delfino plaza are just way more interesting by merit of like delfino plaza is almost like a level you know yeah and i will say for 64 just for a second i i forgot that exploring the castle and finding secret rooms and secret paintings i forgot how much fun that was that was totally an element i wasn't expecting when i was replaying 64 just just uncovering these little nooks and crannies in the castle and i really appreciated that but yeah Uh, back to back to sunshine sorry what 
I don't get that anymore when I play it because I remember where everything oh, is. Oh, right. Yeah. I could draw a map of Peach's <laughs> Castle and put every single star on it right now. <laughs> like, that's, yeah. That's so I, I weird, definitely, but... I'm not anywhere close to that level, but like, it was to the point where, like, yeah, I did experience the joy of discovery again in that game, which is really cool. But yeah, for Sunshine, like, Flood, the one thing that really annoyed me, like, extremely annoyed me about Sunshine were the unskippable cutscenes at the beginning. Like, really? Those, those were just gratuitous, and I just wanted to get moving with Mario, you know? Like, that's kind of what I was looking for. I love how 64 was just, like, instant, here's two blocks of text, now you're jumping around the courtyard of the castle. That's fair. And then and, and then Sunshine, you know, like, Mario's on the plane, you watch a cutscene, you fight this weird goop thing, another cutscene, it's just, you're in fight jail another now. weird goop thing. It's like, you're getting sentenced to community service i was just like what is See, this? i, I think the story in sunshine is so funny that it's it's fine to me like it's just so weird yeah and i like so that. bizarre it like but like i was just looking to get into gameplay at that point which is why it irked me so much but once that happened like i was fine you know like i think it's really cool comboing your platforming with flood you know like spraying yeah. like in front of you and then diving onto that and accelerating and flipping up yeah i do wish that there was even a single level in Sunshine that actually demanded you do any of that, but like, yeah. you know, I, I like that I can do it. And, you know, like, just going from 64 to Sunshine, the levels are so much bigger and more varied, I think. I think, yeah. you know, it's like, also the just, vibrancy. Something about, like, yeah, like the colors. atmosphere in Sunshine is yeah. so on point. Sunshine has a very solid understanding, like almost a Spyro level of understanding of color theory. I think that like 64 had fun colors. Sunshine like has like, like tells a story with the color in each level. Like, yeah. In a way yeah. that really only, it really may be the only other game I've played that does it as well as Spyro. The You could definitely feel like a lot of Sunshine was, you could definitely feel like you're on a tropical island. Yeah, and they managed to do that without um, without making all the levels feel samey, in my yeah. opinion. I, I hear some people say that they don't like Sunshine because it's like, every level's the beast level, but that's not true. Like, you have the haunted mansion in the haunted hotel, you have, like, the amusement park, you have the, you have the beach level, Gelato Beach, but, like, I don't know. You have, like, I, the I really industrial area? area? Yeah, yeah, Rico Harbor, yeah. And obviously, you know, I'm not too far into all of these games yet, you know, but, like, from the couple hours I played, you know, like, what struck me immediately was just the, the levels were just so much, I want to say better, almost, 64. Like, 64 yeah. levels were really basic, but, like, iconic at the same time. But it su felt like Sunshine was, like, a direct evolution of those. Yeah, Sunshine is the most replayable of the 3D Mario games, in my opinion. So, okay, so let me continue now. All that being said uh galaxy what a magical game super mario galaxy is yeah like i think uh, super mario galaxy might be it might be the best 3d mario game i'm not sure yet i have to keep playing but like and again one thing you know playing all these back to back to back the different controls for mario are a little jarring again so in this one he had his long jump but didn't have a dive which was kind of weird but you it know, feels so good to just long jump into orbit in that yes. game. Yeah, like the, I think the thing about Mario Odyssey for me is just the sheer level of creativity on display at all times. It's almost like how how did they even make this game? Like it's yeah. so it's just brilliant at all times. It's 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 stunning. Like 
like it seems like every level introduces new mechanics that don't feel like tacky that feel like they integrate perfectly with like the space themes of the game the gravity controls are immaculate like oh, and yeah. i love how like each and the levels themselves like it, it it plays a trick on you right cuz like the levels themselves are as big or bigger than they've ever been but like they consist of like smallish planetoids right so you feel like you're 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 knocking out levels you're knocking out sections really quickly when in reality like all those are part of like one one level but like yeah. i think so so mario galaxy like does a really good job of like making you feel satisfied that you're getting places like or like you know completing the game even if you haven't even finished an entire level just because like each like section each planetoid is like a small puzzle that leads to the level's completion i don't know man like the galaxy is also the first mario game in 3d that really was able to like do platforming challenges well like because it would it would just be like like hey is this you know some of the galaxies are a straightforward platforming puzzles some of them are a little more wide open like you have your your battle rock galaxy i think it's called or battle star i forget where it's like this big platforming challenge it's an auto scroller type deal but then you'd also have your levels that are like beach bowl galaxy or honey hive galaxy where like yeah. There's this one big main area, and you're, like, looking for stuff. More like a 64 level. And I like that it has both. I think it's really cool. I honestly think it did a better job of that than Odyssey. Like, because, you know, in Odyssey, you have to, like, go to these other areas to do your yeah. platforming challenges. And don't and get me wrong, I still think, fine. in terms of mechanics, I think, like, audio, uh, Super Mario Odyssey has the best controlling Mario. But, like, the... The the controls in Galaxy are just about perfect as well, and yes, they are floaty, but the floatiness sort of makes more sense here because of the yeah, because you're in space, gravity defying yeah. stuff. And also, it's just a joy to play. Like I I don't know how to put it any more simply than that. Like the simple works. act of playing Galaxy, just experiencing Galaxy is is a pleasure in and of itself. Galaxy looks so good. Like, that oh, yeah. game still... That game does water better than a lot of games that released, like, as late as 2018. Like, you know, it's, it's it's funny. Like, I was playing a lot handheld, right? And I when I first booted up Galaxy, and, like, I was in the main courtyard area, right? Like, right before the main... Yeah. Before the game essentially starts. I ran around, jumped around a little bit, looked around, and I was like, nope, can't do it. I have to play this on my TV. Like, there's yeah. no way. Like, I just... It was too... It was the art direction and the graphics and just the style of the game and the fluidity. It was just too good not to experience that in the best possible quality. I mean, it looks almost as good as Odyssey. Like, yeah. despite being what ten years old? No, more than ten years old now. Thirteen years old, I think. Yeah, it's it only came like thirteen. Out in I think. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, that's yeah, so I think for you. Out of all the games I played on the collection so far, I definitely think Galaxy impresses me the most. Which yeah, is, I've been itching to replay it and Galaxy too. <clears throat> which I think is just a testament to that. Like, Galaxy is just like one of the greatest games of all time, easily. You know, like I don't think anyone can even refute that. Uh, you you really I, need. Have you played Galaxy two? I've played a little bit of it, but not nearly as much as Galaxy one. And you, I know you should I, I really check it. it out. I know it's not in the collection. Uh, you might have to, you know. Yeah. find alternative means uh 
But that game is really good. Yeah, that's what I hear. I hear it like it's every bit as good, if not better, than Galaxy, which is just like, I can't even comprehend how that's possible. Yeah. The thing about Galaxy 2 is that it doesn't really capture the atmosphere like Galaxy 1 does. Like, the hub world yeah, is right. garbage and might as well not be there. And it's but... just little things about the hub world, like the music getting more mm-hmm. expansive as you... As you Get more stars and stuff. Have you got any of the Brazilian storybook sections yet? Not yet. They're so good. Yeah, and I'm not sure if I remember them from the first time I played, but yeah, I I won't say anymore. I'm most looking forward to playing Galaxy out of the three games in that collection, which I don't know. Take from that what you will. So that's what I've been playing. Mike, you want to go next or Uh, me? Really, uh, other than Total Warhammer 2, which I think I talked about a while ago, but that was before, like, a hundred updates to it. Yeah, so how is it now? Oh boy, I've been playing the Orcs, and oh my. There's nothing more fun than uh, being one of the boys. And <laughs> swarming like down the stunting. Yeah, stunting down, uh, swarming down some stunties. So, okay, so maybe just educate me a little bit. Isn't, like, Total War, uh, like, a thing beyond just games? Like, Warhammer? It's a board game as yeah, well, Warhammer isn't it? Yeah, Warhammer is a board game. It has two components, Warhammer Fantasy and 40k. Total Warhammer is based off of Warhammer Fantasy, which I think was the original universe. If I'm not mistaken. But it's... It's very much a game about conquering and doing as much damage as possible. And yeah, I love this, it. This sounds up my alley. You know, like I've been like so like I didn't talk about it in depth because I've done it already. But I've been playing so much Civ Six, specifically with my cousin, because like it's so fun to play those strategy games like with people. So I think you know like we're definitely looking for things beyond Civ as well so. total war is good because it also has the real-time battle segment like you're not at the mercy of rng as much mm-hmm. when you're doing battles or battling on the campaign map or whatever like in civ there's always that issue of oh god there's a chance my anks could get destroyed by some spearmen <laughs> and total war you if you are good enough at the game you can win the game with a single you can win a, a battle with a single unit that's that's pretty crazy yeah like i i think that's such an interesting concept that we don't really see too much the combination of strategy and like mechanics based combat like yeah i i feel like that's that's definitely something i i want to i want to experience like it's one of those games that you should probably play and i can point you at what games to start with namely shogun which viewed as one of the best shogun okay yeah it's uh, Shogunate Japan? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's just Samurais. Which... I think a lot of people view as the best game. My first one was Medieval 2. Which was... Before Shogun 2. Yeah, it was before Shogun 2. But it's a game series that I've loved for a while. And it gives you a lot of freedom to do... A lot of weird things. The AI in the older games is jank in a good way and it's very easy to exploit but it's still a fun game and there's a big passionate modding community around a lot of the older games 
Yeah, I, I'm glad you gave me that recommendation because I remember Googling Total War one time and just being bombarded with so many different things. I really didn't even know where to start, but yeah, I'll, I'll look into that Shogun game. Yeah, first. Shogun 2, it's on sale a lot. Okay. I think on Steam very frequently. Maybe every sale they throw it on sale. Because it is, uh, what is it now, six, seven years old? Still holds up. People still play it very frequently. Then you have okay, yep. your other games. But onwards yeah, I'm, I'm to done. the rest of Total War, it's just a fun game to play. Like, there's nothing bad about it. I was playing as, like, the Empire and using my big cannons to help people. I just got bored. But something about the combination of a strategy level layer and then being able to actually win the battles through tactics instead of being at the mercy of some random numbers mm -hmm. is what gets it. Like, I've won battles where I've clearly been outnumbered, but I know the game well enough to sometimes exploit the AI and other times just plain win the, win the battle. Like, there's a lot of AI exploitation to do. Because when a lot of times the AI cheats. Caution. Tether supplies are low. Yeah, and I, I definitely feel like that AI exploitation is a part of any strategy game, but yeah, like the the combination of like those two, like the like you said, the strategy as well as like the 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 combat is is definitely unique and I don't think I've seen that before. Yeah. There's it's a series that's been used a lot and been through a lot. But I love it to death and Every Total War game that gets announced, I look forward to, except for the Total War sagas, which are always bad. Noted. Just don't play them. They're not Total War games. They're like Total War likes. They also have a card game, if that's your that's your stick. Yeah, I saw that when I was doing my research and just got confused. So I don't stop. know why it exists. All right. What about you, Connor? I got two games I kind of want to talk about this week. Uh, I'm going to open with a game called Hades. Uh, God, I want to play this game. Yeah, it's been in early access for a long time. Uh, well, not a long time. I think a year, maybe a little more. Mike, you might know better than me. You keep track of early access games, uh, right? I didn't keep track of Hades. Okay. Unfortunately. But, uh, anyway, it's like super giant games. And like they made Bastion, which is the only game they had made that I'd played before. But I really liked did it. Did they make Transistor as well? Yes, yes, I they remember kind of liking Transistor. Yeah, so Hades is like an isometric beat-em-up roguelike where you play as, um, or I guess you can call it a dungeon crawler. I don't know. You play as Zagreus, the son of Hades, and you're in the underworld, and you start at the very bottom of the underworld, and Zagreus has decided that he wants to leave the underworld. Hades, his father, is like, do whatever. You're never going to make it out of here. No one has ever made it out of here. And, uh, you, you, you know, you, you were like trained by, uh, Achilles, um, yeah, Orpheus is hanging out in the, like the hub area that you're in before you go into the game. Um, you meet Sisyphus as you're walking around. Um, you meet like all these, all the gods, you know, Dionysus, um, Aphrodite, Zeus, obviously Poseidon. All these gods, you you meet them as you go, and like, I was slightly disappointed by this because it was pitched to me as like, 
almost dating sim level reactions with these other characters, and that's not true at all. But you do, like, sort of gradually form relationships with them by, like, taking powers from them, and those are your power-ups in this roguelike. Sort of like the items you would find in, like, Binding of Isaac or something. And, uh, yeah, you, you get different powers from them, and you can level up those powers as you fight, and it's really cool. You have, like, I want to say seven, it might be six, uh, weapons you can use. And all the all the weapon playstyles are different enough that, like, it's super fun to shake it up and use different ones, although you will probably have a favorite. Mine is the spear, because I like that you can kind of throw it. There's a shield that you can, like, Captain America throw, but you can also block. It's the only one that has defensive abilities. And you can, like, bull rush with it. But, like, when you Captain America throw it, it bounces around all the different enemies. But uh, I got an upgrade for my spear one time that I look for every time I play now that made it so that when you throw the spear, it also bounces around and hits up to seven enemies. And that just felt extremely overpowered to me. And you get that sometimes. Kind of like but it's Binding also of a Isaac. Game. It's a lot like the Binding of Isaac, except you do... like hey, That's probably the best comparison in my mind. It's the Binding of Isaac, except it's more of a... Uh, Instead of being like a top-down shmuppy sort of thing, it's more of a isometric, like, brawler type deal. So you just walk into these rooms full of enemies, kill all the enemies, get your upgrade from that room, and move on. And that's the... That's it. Uh, the only thing that does kind of bother me is that the bosses... There, there's like a little bit of variation in the bosses every time, but for the most part, you're fighting the same handful of bosses every single run. I haven't beat the game yet. Uh, I think I'm pretty close. And it's not, it's not incredibly difficult either. Like, I I don't feel crushed by the game. Uh, partially because you get permanent upgrades as you play. Like my current total health that's pool good. is has doubled from what it started out at. See, some people would say that's good. I don't love that. I like roguelikes where the only improvement, like, I like a roguelike where I could pick up a game with a fresh save and I could beat it immediately just because I got good at the game. I mean, I liked Rogue Legacy because of the incremental upgrades you could get. Yeah, some people like that, and I don't hate it. It's done well in this game, and I also like that, like, all of your deaths are canon. Like, oh, you know, really? Yeah, you get back to the bottom, and Hades is like, didn't make it this time, did you? And, like, uh, yeah. The Hypnos, more I, I think, hear about is his name. This game, I was just gonna yeah. say, the more I hear about this game, the more I really, really want to play it. I really like, I think my favorite part about it is the writing, because I am not somebody who is typically into the Greek gods and stuff. Like, the, the Greek mythology just doesn't interest me that much. I can't stand Hercules, the, the Disney movie. I don't think it's interesting at all. But th this game, it doesn't shy away from some of the weirder parts. And, like, Zagreus is a hero, like, a character I've never heard of, but apparently he is. Like, he's not original. Okay. Z Hades really did have a son named Zagreus, and that's who this is about. And it's just a story that isn't told a whole lot. That's why they picked him. And it's super fun. You know, I, uh, I will eventually finish it, but not before I play the absolute crap out of Spelunky 2, which came out yesterday. And Spelunky 2, I, I don't even know what to say about it. It's just a chance to play Spelunky blind. And I, I haven't had that in... Since 2008, essentially, you know, when yeah. Spelunky Classic came out. Like, you know, I've known, I don't remember what secrets I discovered for myself. And like, I think I found the black market by myself originally, but everything after that for the, the hell run was spoiled for me in Spelunky 1. But Spelunky 2, I have no spoilers and it's like every single thing, like I've already solved some of the, some of the secrets and all. 
but like it's just so exciting knowing that I haven't even seen all the areas yet. Like that's incredible to me. Yeah. And and I just know that there are like massive secrets like I don't know if the worm is in this game. I don't know. A lot of the secret areas now are like their their presentation is just totally different. Some of the areas like you can see like typically there's a bottom to a spelunky level. Like you can't go below a certain area, and that's where the door typically is. But there are some levels where you can see that the door clearly has destructible terrain under it, and so you're like, "What's well, down there?" You don't know. And yeah. It's like you got to figure out how to get down there, and it's super fun. And I'm just loving this game. Yeah. I remember I when I said I loved exploration, and that's my favorite mechanic in games generally. Yeah. Like, I really want to play this game too. There's so Spel- many. I, if you're picking between Spelunky Two and Hades. I have to tell you, you gotta go Spelunky 2. Okay. Because Hades does not really have an exploratory factor to it. It does not feel like you're exploring the underworld. Right. Uh, I, 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 right. I know Hades doesn't have that, but I am a huge fan of Supergiant games. I love, you know, like Transistor, and I, I just from everything I've seen gameplay-wise of this game, seems like it'll gel with me for different reasons than Spelunky 2, but... Yeah, but Spelunky too. Like I really, there have been a couple of things. Like like one of the puzzles I solved. Like just like seeing seeing something in one area and immediately knowing like oh I need this item that I saw in this other area, so I'll have to do that my next run. But like and then being right, like that was the biggest Indiana Jones feeling moment. Like yeah, and also like Spelunky two is hard. Like Spelunky one. I can get to the temple pretty consistently now, and typically I can beat Olmec now, now that I've done it once. And I did, I don't know if I announced that on the podcast yet, but I did do a full run of Spelunky and, and beat it, and now I can do it fairly consistently. Yeah. You it did was, you beat it for the first time in the last episode. Yeah, but I, I beat it for realsies this time. I haven't done the hell run or the eggplant run, and since Spelunky 2 is out, you know, that's probably not going to happen for a while. But Spelunky 2... I was playing for hours before I made it out of the first area. Like, it just like the subtle differences. Like, maybe, you know, my peripheral vision doesn't pick up the dart traps anymore, so they catch me off guard. There are some new enemies and stuff, but I was just getting annihilated in the mines. And that is exciting to me. I, I am in love with this game. I can't stop playing it. It's killing me that I'm not playing it right now. Well, we could uh, wrap up here. And you can get back to it. I do do kind of want to talk about Hard Space since it's been in the background. Oh yeah, go it, ahead. There's something about it that's just like soothing to methodically rip apart a ship. I don't know what <laughs> it, what it is. There were some some oopsies along the way. I almost exploded. No, I mean I've been <laughs> watching your gameplay this whole time we've been recording, right? And it's very zen like, you know, like it's just cool watching you float around this seemingly derelict giant spacecraft and just tear it to bits it's it like it seems daunting but once you know what you're doing it's just very methodical like the only time i stressed this entire time was that reactor because it wasn't coming out properly what about (laughs) that explosion oh that was me Uh, i forgot that waste disposal doesn't go down there and i kind of drug it up and it exploded down there doesn't really matter i just lost a little bit of money but it kind of looked cool. <laughs> yeah, it looked cool. It also looked bad. Like, it looked scary. <laughs> yeah. No, I haven't blown up a reactor yet. I could do that real quick after this hunk of junk falls in there. It takes me, like, five seconds to really blow up a reactor. <laughs> like, 
it's very easy to ruin everything in one fell swoop. Like I cut a fuel line and the entire ship went up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that'd be cool to see. If you do, I don't it think right, there's enough ship left. Oh no, the ship's gone. I can just go to free play, yeah. and grab a free ship, and not care if I die or not. I just wanted to get this entire ship gone. Is that the last piece that you're throwing yeah, that into the, the incinerator? Piece. Oh, I missed a part. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, it only took 78 minutes, and I took my time with this one. Mm-hmm. And typically, yeah, I feel like I feel like it ended. Like we're wrapping up the podcast now, and I feel like you you finished tearing up that ship around the same time. Was oh, good I was there. There was a point when I was throwing away seats. I normally don't do that, but I needed to buy time. Ah, okay. <laughs> So, <laughs> oh, let me blow up a reactor real pretty. All right. So while you do that, I'm gonna gonna give our ending spiel here. Uh, we are wrapping up the podcast now, guys. Thank you for listening. <clears throat> you can follow us at Ad Podcast Game Talk on Twitter. Please like, rate, and review t- us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, etc. Wherever you get your podcasts, and please subscribe to us and comment on YouTube. We are, now have a YouTube presence. We upload youtube videos pretty much once a week now uh they're video forms of our audio podcast so please check that out uh thank you connor and mike see you guys next week yeah see you next week